This program is supported by Amgen. Amgen strives to serve patients by transforming the promise of science and biotechnology into therapies for patients with serious illnesses. Learn more at Amgen.com. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. The bones are the most common sites of breast cancer metastasis, which can damage your bones. This is an issue that affects over 70% of people living with metastatic breast cancer. Fortunately, there are medications that can strengthen and protect your bones, which can reduce this damage. Here today to share her breast cancer journey and how she protects her bones while living with bone metastasis is Kim Christ. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Adam. Well, it's so nice to talk to you. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we love to start off our show by just hearing your breast cancer journey. And so can you just walk us through what your initial early diagnosis and then what your recurrence was like? Sure. Um, I was first diagnosed almost 17 years ago, and it was not what they would call the normal or what I always heard the normal was uh, when you had breast cancer, that it was painful when you felt the lump um, and things like that. I had my um, baseline done at the age of 30, did everything I was supposed to do. Um, but I was remiss on going back when, uh, say, I went at 35, and then I went again at 40, and then I waited a couple years after that. And I had had a mammogram at 40. It showed I had a cyst. And a couple years later, what I thought was my cyst was hurting. And I never really thought that, you know, this, that the lumps would hurt. I just thought my cyst was bursting or something like that. And Finally, and I was very lucky that um, when I finally went for my, my mammogram three years late, that um, it, while it was cancer, it was just that one spot. It had not gone to my lymph nodes or anything like that. Um, and then after I went through all my treatments, I went through seven months of chemotherapy and 40 rounds of radiation the doctors told me that I was going to be just fine. I was going to be one of the ones that they would never worry about. I was never told about the statistics of reoccurrence, what to look out for. Um, it took my uh, IAs for the you know five years of the time that it was recommended. It's now recommended 10 years for the type of cancer that I had, HR positive, HER2 negative. And uh, I was almost 10 years from my original diagnosis that I was re-diagnosed. But backing up from that point, I was working out a lot. And I was having pain in my back to the point where it would stop me dead track in the middle of a workout. Had actually gone to the emergency room on two different occasions, was given x-rays and sent home with muscle relaxers only to end up in the emergency room again. And then that went on for about six months. And my primary care doctor had done some blood work. He had told me that my tumor markers were slightly elevated, but not to worry about them until they hit 100. Well, guess what? It's been seven years since my metastatic diagnosis, and my tumor markers have never hit 100. 
So six months after seeing my primary care and being in the emergency room, I went to my oncologist to get my script for my mammogram. And she said, oh, your markers are up. And I asked her what they were. And they were up like 10, 12 points from my primary care visit. And that's when she asked me if I was in any pain. And I said, yeah, but it's been from working out. I went to the emergency room a couple times and they did x-rays. And she's like, well, x-rays don't show cancer. And I'm like, you know, like, what are you talking about? It's almost been 10 years. I'm home free. Um, an MRI led into a CT scan, which led to a bone biopsy, which led to my diagnosis um, of metastatic breast cancer. And almost 10 years to the date, because I went for a second opinion, and that doctor wanted every um, biopsy, tissue sample, everything from my original diagnosis. And my records were two weeks shy of being destroyed. Um, wow. Because they only hold the records for 10 years. Wow. That's, that's remarkable. So, so, I mean, you mentioned, you know, the long, uh, pause, I guess, between initial diagnosis and recurrence. And it sounds like you really, you don't, it's, it's, I think what I'm hearing you say is you didn't really understand the risk of recurrence. Is that correct? Yeah, I did not understand the risk of reoccurrence. My doctors, my radiologist, my oncologist, my surgeon all looked at me and said, you're one of the ones we're never going to worry about. You know, I was going to be just fine. I was going to be just fine. And, you know, and I always have that inkling in the back of my mind, oh, this is you know going to get me again. But then one day you realize, oh, you drive by the oncologist's office. And you don't think about it. It's like, oh, I don't get that sick to my stomach feeling anymore. You know, I am okay. But then they'll never tell you, you know, my doctors anyway, never told me what to look out for. You know, I had pain. I go to the emergency room two different occasions. Not one emergency room doctor said, do you have a history of cancer? Did it ever cop into my mind? Well, could this be bone metastasis? I didn't know my chances that if it came back, it was going to go to my bones. You don't. You don't think about that. You think if it's going to go somewhere, it's going to go to an organ first. But no, that's not the case at all. And confusing, you know, maybe muscle pain and bone pain. I mean, it's pain. So I was doing Tabata classes and and kickboxing and and Zumba. And you just think that, ah, I pulled something from working out. You know, it's in my lower back. Must be that. But, you know, x-ray, x-ray, muscle relaxers, and, you know, you're back again. And then then my spot was hot. I was going for massages, and that spot on my back was actually warm to touch, almost feverish. Mm. And still, you know, the doctors aren't putting two into it. And it's not until I went to my oncologist and she saw that my markers had gone up from my primary care in June, and this was in December that they went up from like 42 and I think normal's 38. They were 42 or 46. And then in December they were 58. Mm. And that's when she, and I was like, no, I'm not going for an MRI. I said, I'm not wasting that time. I said, somebody who needs the MRI machine needs to go to the MRI. I don't need it. And they insisted. And here I am. Wow. Wow. So, so what information do you wish you would have known during that time period? And what do you think you would have done differently? Well, 
You know, I would have, um, you know, the first time you're diagnosed, at least for me, you want to try to be as normal as possible. So I buried my head in, in the work, you know, as a Boy Scout leader and a, and a Sunday school teacher, and you do everything you can and you work, you know, you're, you're trying to make everything, you know, around you perfect, you know, when it's not. And I didn't let anybody help me. I had a mother who was a nurse and you know, I kind of just, like, I got this, I got this. And, you know, I didn't ask enough questions. I guess I, I didn't, you know, want to know, but then, but then you also have a level of trust when you, your doctors tell you you're going to be just fine. I'm not going to, you know, you're going to be one of the ones I don't worry about. Well, when I started having pain, I never put two and two together because they never told me, you know, that once you have it, you know, one in eight women get breast cancer. Well, one of those eight, you know, every eight women who have early stage cancer are going to get it again. Those are pretty bad odds. When you say 25 to 30% of women get metastatic breast cancer after they've had early stage, that is a huge number to me. And that was never told to me. And I didn't do the research the first time I did the second time, of course, you know, everything was, was newer then, you know, I, you know, by the time I, when I was first diagnosed, I was just getting, you know, uh, emails and, you know, fax machines and all that other stuff. So, you know, information's a lot more readily available. Um, and now I research everything. I trust nothing. I get second opinions. I, I go online and if it's a, getting treated, you know, if I'm taking a medicine, I just don't read the label and the patient information, I go and read the doctor's information. What, you know, what is, um, you know, stage one, stage two, stage three of, you know, of a chronic side effect of a, of a medication. And I read everything. I read, I read everything now. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. I think doing, doing the research, uh, doing the due diligence is, is important. So, so shifting uh, to talk talk about sort of bone health for a minute, as someone living with bone metastasis, how do you protect your bones and keep them strong? Well, you know, that's, you know, that's also scary when you first diagnosed and you're looking at a picture of your MRI and you're seeing your cancers eat, actually eating your bones. You know, I, I knew right away and I felt grateful that I had started an exercise program after my first round of cancer because I had used it as an excuse to put on weight. And finally, one day I woke up, I'm like, oh my God, how, how many years am I going to use this as an excuse to get healthy? So I, you know, I had started, you know, and I felt good about knowing that my bones are strong. I ate healthy, I ate, you know, protein and you know, and all the things that I didn't eat when I was younger, you know, as far as vegetables go. Um, and, you know, and I started investigating, you know, what was out there um, besides, you know, the oral drugs that I'm on to stop the chemo. What's, what's going to benefit, you know, my bones directly? Might not stop my cancer, but what's going to help me support my bone health? Gotcha. That's great. That's great. Uh, and, and I love that, you know, that motivation and, and speaking of motivation, I'm told that you've done many years of the three day, which is just incredible. Uh, what do you take away from that event and why do you think it's so important? Well, you know, I 
first heard the commercial was almost it was 16 years ago, and I wanted to walk. I had signed up, and then I was diagnosed. I never walked that first year um, that was in Tampa Bay, and I had a friend who walked for me. And going, I remember going to the closing ceremony and actually almost kind of feeling angry about it because everybody was in pink, and I'm thinking, they're, they, they don't have cancer, I, you know how are they in pink when, you know, it was just, it was, it was all overwhelming. It was overwhelming. But then the next year when I did the walk and I saw the people out there and talked to them and why they were walking and listening to stories, it's really firsthand education. And for me, um, while sometimes painful and you're out there and you meet women who have, you know, early stage diagnosis, or they're walking for a friend, or they're walking for a family member who's been diagnosed, you know, to tell them what to look out for, you know, to ask questions, and, and, and most important above anything is to be your own advocate. Just don't take what the doctors say as the truth, because they're, they're trying their best, but they, they are practicing medicine, and it is kind of, and then everybody and not everybody, I'm not talking about everybody, but everybody, every individual body itself and make up the chemistry of your body differ. So you're going to react differently to drugs than, than the next person sitting you. So you have to advocate for yourself and you have to know what to, you know, look out for. And I just think it's so empowering when I go and talk to somebody I've never met and hear their experiences and share mine that these stories start spreading, you know, almost like wildfire. You know, it's, it's no different than what the world's going through right now with, with COVID. Everybody is sharing their stories and on, you know, being vaccinated or not, or having it or how, you know, how they've been protecting themselves. You have to do the same thing, you know, with cancer. You have to um, investigate and, you know, you dig further hmm. and share yeah. your stories. Now, that's so important. Being, being a part of the community, sharing your stories and just recognizing the strength of that community, I think is just is just so critical. Um, thank you for thank you for sharing that. So I, I guess last question, uh, what final advice would you like to share with our listeners who are also living with bone meds? One is to, you know, stand up for yourself. If you've got a gut feeling about something, trust your, trust your gut feeling. Research what you're on. Research what else is out there. Um, don't be afraid to talk to your doctor. Don't be afraid to challenge your doctor. I would not be here, I, I promise you, seven years now, if I didn't challenge my doctor every step of the way, and if we had a disagreement, I would go and get a second opinion. And oftentimes, and I'm not a doctor, but you know your body and you know, and I think when you have a positive outlook for something, I would say stay positive because if you truly believe that something is going to work for you, it's going to work for you. I was on a drug that was when I first diagnosed that had just hit the market two weeks. You know, and my doctor wanted to put me on. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're going to give me a pill when you gave me chemotherapy 
when I had early stage and now I'm stage four and you want to give me a pill? I don't think so. I need chemotherapy. Well, I went to a second opinion. Nope, nope. This is what, this is the newest thing. I'm like, okay, let's do this. And then she thought I was having a breakthrough and I disagreed. I'm like, well, how do you know I'm having a breakthrough? That part of my body was actually in my thigh had never been scanned before. I don't know if that's been there from day one or if it is new. I said, I don't want to go off this drug because that could have been there from the very beginning. And I went for a second opinion. That doctor agreed with me. I got two and a half more years out of that drug. I would have listened to her. I would have been, I would be out of therapies right now. I mean, I'm on a trial right now. Um, again, lucky that something new came up that I had a bone biopsy done last. And that was another thing I asked for. Well, let me do another biopsy. What if my cancer's changed? Because is another thing many women don't know. Your cancer can change. You can start off with HR positive, HER2 negative, and it can totally change on you and become triple negative. It can become, you know, HR, you know, negative. I mean, it, it can just morph in your body. And luckily, six months after that bone, there was a new trial out there. So, oh, you got this genetic defect. Oh, we have something that's new. And I've been on that. I've been on this for seven months now, and it's working. My tumor markers are down. Um, I have no progression. And um, so, you know, stick up for yourself. Don't be afraid to question the doctor. Listen to your gut. Um, if you feel that something's not working for you, you know, stand up. That's, that's the biggest thing. Believe in yourself. Stand up for yourself. You know, they've got 100 patients. They try their best, but they're human as well. And you, you know, need to take care of yourself. And you can't take care of everybody else in your family if you don't take care of yourself first. Yeah, that's great. That's great, Kim. I really appreciate that. I mean, that that is the message that resonates through all of these conversations, all of these interviews. It's always advocate for yourself, know your body, and advocate for what you know deep down inside of you is the right thing for you. Um, so I really, I really appreciate you sharing that. Well, Kim, uh, this was great. I really, really love your perspective uh, on on both your health and in your life. Thank you for letting us be a part of it for today. All right, Adam. Thank you so much for your time. Bless everybody out there. Thanks to Amgen for supporting this podcast. To learn more about Amgen's mission to serve patients with a cutting-edge, science-based approach, follow Amgen Biotech on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.